Hey everyone, I'm Leah Jacobson, and if you use essential oils, you've come to the right place. As a certified clinical aromatherapist with over a decade of experience, I'll be guiding you with practical information without learning complicated chemistry. This will ensure that you and your family stay safe while enjoying the benefits of essential oils. Enjoy season four of the podcast as we read through my latest book, Using Essential Oils Safely. Now let's get started. Hey everyone. So have you heard of the flu bomb? Let me ask you that question. If you have heard of the flu bomb, which is a popular blend of essential oils that are kind of going around on social media every time of year, um, that's the flu is about to come on, right? Um, Sorry, the I have my window open. Let me just shut that real quick because it's a little bit distracting. So every time around this year, we have everyone trying to tell you how to use essential oils to get rid of the colds and flus and everything going around. And I would like to address the flu bomb. I posted um, the other day here on this page using essential oils safely. I'm also here live on clubhouse and i posted this meme that says ingesting the flu bomb is as safe as licking a cactus and i did that yes to get attention but also to let you know how unsafe this flu bomb could be and i will read you through the post in a moment but i had a comment from ailey who posted a few hours ago. Hey, Marla, thanks for joining us live on Facebook. And she was curious to know why I would say that. So let's first talk about what the flu bomb is. There are some variations, but in general, it is a combination of 12 to 18 drops of one or, well, actually of of most of the following. It may not include all of these essential oils, but it has most of the following. It includes lemon, tea tree, oregano, frankincense, and then typically, and most importantly in the flu bomb, is the company's anti-germ. Whatever company that is, most companies, pretty much all companies, I haven't seen a company that hasn't had their own anti-germ blend. This typically consists of clove, cinnamon bark, and or leaf, rosemary, eucalyptus, orange, or lemon. So the recommendation, and we'll go through the safety in a moment, but the recommendation is to consume all of these together in a capsule. Again, a total of 12 to 18 drops of those essential oils, so several drops of each, every four to six hours until symptoms improve. 12 to 18 drops several times a day until symptoms improve. So what if your symptoms actually end up getting worse because you're now suffering from internal bleeding, from those anticoagulants, or other things that could happen because you are ingesting these essential oils at this high concentration. And let's keep in mind, it doesn't matter what brand you are using. If you are using a high quality essential oil, it's going to be potent. It's going to be strong. It's going to be amazing. But consuming it, especially in this way at this amount, is going to cause some problems. It's not safe. I don't recommend it. Also out there in the social media world, you might actually see recommendations for children's you for children using these same essential oils, but instead of ingesting 
And in fact, I've seen some that do recommend ingesting, but for the most part, they will recommend that you add these essential oils to a carrier oil, making about a two to three percent dilution and then applying to the feet. Now, this still doesn't make it safe for children, although applying to the feet is the least effective place on the body, um, but I don't recommend it. So let's go over some of the essential oils that were in the flu bomb. And if anybody's here with me live anywhere, let me know if you've heard um, a different flu bomb recipe, but let's go over the main ones. So we have lemon which I know a lot of people feel like is safe to actually use because we use regular lemons in our water, right? And we use lemon flavoring in recipes. But lemon essential oil is a bit different. It's very, very concentrated. It's made from the rinds. It does not contain any vitamins or minerals, unlike lemon juice does. And it can be phototoxic if not diluted properly. So if you are using lemon essential oil in a capsule, you're not going to have to worry about the phototoxicity, but lemon essential oil is amazing as a degreaser. So if you've ever used my amazing killer paste recipe with lemon essential oil and baking soda and peroxide, and you have used it to strip the grease off of your oven, your cooktop, to clean your bathtub or inside of your refrigerator or appliances, you will see how quickly that lemon essential oil will help to dissolve that grease. So just imagine consuming lemon essential oil, even in a capsule, and when that breaks open in your stomach, mm, I don't know if anybody realizes this, but we have a lot of bacteria in our insides and we have delicate insides. We have more delicate skin on the inside of our bodies. And if you've seen what lemon essential oil does to grease and build up and sticky labels, I don't think you're probably going to think twice before you are going to consume it, correct? I mean, imagine what that is doing to your insides. Now, tea tree is another one that is recommended to consume um, in this flu bomb recipe. And Tea tree is amazing. Like it's a great antiviral. It's a great antifungal. It's a great antimicrobial. It's great for viruses. Imagine what that does to the gut microbiome though. Imagine what that does to your gut bacteria. If it's antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, anti all of this stuff, I call it the anti everything. And it's amazing. Like it will help kill mold on your baseboards or in your windows. Um, it's just, I love tea tree essential oil, but I do not recommend consuming it. Do not recommend consuming it. Um, we'll get to the anti-germ in a moment, but the other essential oils were oregano and frankincense. And while frankincense doesn't really have any safety issues in general, um, it's still highly concentrated as an essential oil and it's not intended for consumption. It's intended to be diluted and applied on the skin topically for wrinkles and anti-aging. So let's take a look at oregano before going over some of the essential oils in the anti-germ blend. 
Oregano to me is one of the scariest essential oils in this blend because it has so many safety issues. So I'm going to show you from my book, Essential Oil Safety Profiles. I'm going to read off some of the things here, um, some of the reasons to avoid. Now, keep in mind that even if you use this on the outside of your skin, so topically, not even internally, it's still recommended because this is such a strong essential oil. It's such an irritant and a skin sensitizer that you dilute it to about 1%. That means it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you have sensitive skin or not anyone. If this is safe for you to use, you still have to dilute it to 1%. That would mean one drop of oregano in a teaspoon of a carrier oil or six drops in an ounce of carrier. So this must be highly diluted. And in the flu bomb recipe, they are recommending several drops in a capsule, consuming it several times a day. It's really strong. So let's take a look at some of the safety issues for oregano essential oil. It is anticoagulant. That means it can thin the blood. So if you are inhaling it, using it topically, and especially if ingesting, it can cause your blood to thin. If you are taking aspirin, or if you are taking other blood thinners, if you have a platelet disorder, um, before and after surgery, so if you're about to have, you know, work done on your teeth, or, you know, regular surgery where there's incisions on the skin, you may bleed more than the doctors may expect, and you may have a harder time clotting. Um, and this is more serious for people with blood clotting disorders as well. But even the average healthy person, this will thin your blood. That's just what oregano essential oil does, which is great if you have a blood clot. But normally, this is one that you want to reserve and use extremely sparingly, if at all, and definitely not ingest this at several drops several times a day for several days, you know, throughout the cold and flu season. So if you are a diabetic and you are using diabetes medication, then there is a specific drug interaction with oregano that can happen. Um, do not use topically if skin is damaged or broken. Again, this specific flu bomb recipe is recommending consuming it, but it is a skin irritant. It is, um, can be sensitizing. So you want to be very careful if you are using it, um, internally, if not even externally. I mean, imagine it's not safe for pregnancy. It's not safe for breastfeeding. It's not safe around your pets. So if you are taking this flu bomb and you are pregnant, you are putting yourself and your baby at risk. If you are breastfeeding, same thing. So that is oregano. That's quite a list of things there that you need to be aware of before choosing whether or not you want to use oregano essential oil. And most of those really apply topically and, and as far as inhaling goes, like it's a pretty serious thing anyways, but ingesting, it just makes it so much uh, more of a concern. So let's talk about the anti-germ recipe or the anti-germ blend, I should say, that's included in this flu bomb recipe. Now, it's generally going to be clove, cinnamon bark, or cinnamon leaf, rosemary, eucalyptus, and then either orange or lemon, depending on the company. Every company has their own version of this, but it generally includes most of those essential oils. Now, like oregano, clove and cinnamon bark and cinnamon leaf are anticoagulant 
also. Let me show you right here in the book Essential Oil Safety Files, Cinnamon Bark, Cinnamon Leaf. They have very similar safety issues to clove and they're very similar to each other. So let's take a look at the differences between cinnamon bark and cinnamon leaf after we go over how they are alike. So just like clove, they're anticoagulant. You have to be extra careful if you are on aspirin, if you have or are on blood thinners, if you have platelet disorders or blood clotting issues. And then just for everyone in general, it will make your blood thin. So be aware if you are about to have surgery um, if you just had surgery, this could prevent you from properly clotting, your, your blood from properly clotting. And this is for cinnamon bark and cinnamon leaf. Um, for cinnamon bark, like clove, it does have that extra added. If you are ingesting and you are on diabetes medication, we recommend you don't do that. Um, cinnamon leaf, we do not recommend ingesting if you are using pethidine, MAOIs or SSRIs. And Cinnamon bark is not safe for use if you are pregnant or if you are breastfeeding while cinnamon leaf is, but both of them to be used internally is not recommended. Cinnamon bark should be used topically at a 0.01% dilution, whereas cinnamon leaf you can use at a 0.6% dilution but that is basically one drop of cinnamon leaf and two drops of carrier oil. Like you have to dilute it a lot in order to be able to use it externally. And there's even more of a concern if you are using it internally, like is recommended in this flu bomb recipe. So oregano is probably the scariest one in here. And then we have clove cinnamon bark and or cinnamon leaf, which are just as serious and not recommended for ingesting. Um, and so let's take a look at rosemary and eucalyptus. Now, both of those contain high amounts of a constituent called 1,8-cineol. Like peppermint contains menthol, rosemary and eucalyptus contain high levels of 1,8-cineol. And all three, eucalyptus, rosemary, and peppermint, should not be used around children under the age of 10 because it can cause labored breathing and slowed respiration. So, and peppermint is not to be used under the age of six, but they all can cause um, slowed respiration, labored breathing, and, and, you know, issues with children breathing, not recommended, very intense, very strong. And then we have orange, which is similar to lemon in that it's a very amazing degreaser, um, but it doesn't have the same topical max issue that lemon has. But all of these essential oils, when you are putting them in a capsule and you are putting 12 to 18 drops of this blend of essential oils in your gut, it's going to cause some issues. And there have been people who have consumed essential oils and who have not had great experiences. In fact, there are thousands and thousands of them in our group using essential oils safely. Um, and this is backed by science. This is, you know, these safety issues and concerns are backed by science. Um, Tisserand and Young in their book, Essential Oil Safety, went through over 4,000 um, articles and journals, came up with 4,000 citations backing up this information and how to use essential oils safely and what those concerns are. Um, so that in a nutshell 
are going to be the concerns with using the flu bomb. Again, the frequency, consuming 12 to 18 drops every four to six hours until symptoms improve. And one of the other concerns that I have with this is, what if your symptoms get worse? What if they don't improve and you are consuming more and more of this and your symptoms not improving are actually a sign that these essential oils are doing more damage? And the poor people that are thinking, well, my symptoms aren't improving. In fact, I'm feeling worse. I should definitely continue. In fact, maybe I should take more. They may not make the connection and understand that they're not feeling good has to do with those essential oils they are consuming. So definitely make sure that you know how to use essential oils safely, that you think twice, that you run any recipes or any recommendations that you are finding randomly all over social media, run it through our group, post it, ask us, email me, message me. Um, so I can tell you how to use essential oil safely. Is this recommended? Is this safe? There are some things that people send me that are safe and there may be some tweaks to that. Um, I actually had a mom earlier today message me about using essential oils for respiratory issues, and she was going to use it as a roll-on. And that's probably going to be my next podcast. Um, inhalation is going to be way more effective than that. So you don't have to ingest to get the most out of your essential oils. You will get the most adverse reaction, but you're not going to get the most benefit. So I hope this has been informative. If you have any questions, please let me know. If you have consumed the flu bomb and any variation before and you have had an adverse reaction, please let me know. Um, there was actually somebody, Tabitha, here in the group that actually did consume this. And I know she's not the only one, but she said it caused her severe gastritis, severe heartburn, and acid reflux to the point where they thought she was having a heart attack and intestinal bleeding slash vomiting of blood. Um, she says that she didn't take half the amount mentioned above either. She only did this for a couple of days and she got so sick and she was glad that she stopped when she did. So again, you can find that comment from Tabitha in our group using essential oils safely community and she's not the only one. So please be safe out there. Please be safe. This is Leah Jacobson, empowering you to use essential oils safely. I hope you learned something new today. Tell a friend about our podcast so they can learn too. All episodes are available at leahjacobson.com slash podcasts. To get a signed copy of my book or to access the course, which contains even more information, jump on over to my website, leahjacobson.com slash book or slash course for those resources.